0: Hello, my name is Brandy Kirby. Welcome to the Human Trafficking Educational Awareness Podcast. I am the Anti-Trafficking Coordinator at Wait House here in Glens Falls. All podcasts contain sensitive content. Listener discretion is advised. So on today's podcast, we're going to be interviewing former residential supervisor for Safe House in Schenectady, New York, Michelle Bergeron. So, Michelle, thank you so much for agreeing to, to come on the podcast and be interviewed. Um, so you, can you tell us a little bit about um, Safe House and what your role was there?
1: Safe House is a shelter for young people between the ages of 16 and 20 um, who found themselves homeless for whatever reason. There would be many reasons, runaways, um, being kicked out of their house. Just different things would happen. We would provide um, intensive case management. We would help them find housing, make sure they stayed in school. Um, try to get them back home with their parents. The shelter was there to um, just help them stay safe and stable.
0: So Michelle, um, out of the youth that you saw over the years that, that came into the shelter, um, what do you think is the most prominent reason that, that youth are trafficked and wind up um, in a place like Safehouse?
1: One of the biggest things are, is what they're looking for. Many times they're looking for love, they're looking for affection. They wanna be like the rest of the kids and have money. So they're they either ran away from home or they got put out their house. They're outside just standing around talking. Their friends help them, bring bring them into traffic and so many different reasons why they're there. But the, the big for me the biggest thing is they they're looking for something.
0: Love and attention.
1: Love, attention, money. They're looking for something.
0: And so that's how they're they're lured into traffic. A-
1: very easily very easily with the, you know, with the thought of, you know, come with me, I'll get you something to eat. That's usually how it starts. And then from there, it's oh, you know, oh, you need a new pair of sneakers. I'll get you some sneakers. Oh, that outfit you got on doesn't look good. Let me get that. So then they do all these things. And then, well, you got to pay that
0: back. Did you ever have anybody leave the shelter to go back? Absolutely. We've
1: had numerous times it, it happened.
0: So you've, you've witnessed firsthand what a trauma bond is.
1: Yes, yes. And as sad as it is, there's really nothing. That trauma bond is there, and you, you you know, it's it's work. And if you don't have the right amount of staff, you don't have-
0: To them, that's love.
1: That's love. They love me. And I, I've heard them say that. They wouldn't hurt me. They love me. And and that's, see, and that's a fine line you have to work because you can't, as much as you, the biggest thing is to, to let them know the trafficker is the bad guy, this is somebody they love and care for.
0: But yet, they, they left the trafficker and came to you seeking shelter and a safe place because to something
1: happened exactly. where they felt that trust was broken and they they came somebody somewhere seen them or said you know maybe you can come over here to safe house safe house will help you and they do they come they're grateful while they're there many times they're very grateful but that trauma bond is so strong, the right, the right people in the right spot, is really hard to do. And so it's easier for them to go back out to what they know as uncomfortable as it is, they're going back to what they know that, that lifestyle is what they, they, that love that I can have anything I want, makeup and eat any kind of food. Nobody's telling me what to do. Safe house, you got rules to follow. And so that's uncomfortable for them being trafficked and being out there doing what they're doing that's a lifestyle
0: that they got accustomed to yes too so it's hard to break that cycle yes and you said that um some people that came to to safe house to seek um other trafficked youth into the shelter
1: into the shelter to try to to have them come back out into trafficking and that happened more on more than one occasion where a young lady, and we had to really get serious about vetting the the clients coming in because they would come and we'd hear from the other kids that, oh, so-and-so's here because so-and-so's trafficker sent them in to get them out. And it's like, what? So then we'd have to call the police because now we've got a situation where somebody's actively trying to recruit and then we'd have to be on the lookout, you know, outside doing perimeter checks, making sure there's nobody around the building. And many times we found there were vehicles that we didn't couldn't recognize or whatever. And we would just call the police and have them come up and just like do a check constantly because you don't know.
0: Did you ever have traffickers that you found?
1: Well, there were they they have been there.
0: They have they
1: have been there. We have been uh, on a couple occasions we reported to Schenectady police about certain vehicles that were and we actually had names of certain people who we knew for a factor trafficking and they were at safe house
0: shelter and a safe place to stay sometimes um, traffickers would actually send um so when you're working with these these youth that that had been trafficked where did they come from were they only from here no. Locally? No. no no
1: no they came We've got them from all over. We've got them from Poughkeepsie, Newbury. We've got them from New York City. Um, we've got them from as far as away as Missouri. Just... On numerous occasions, we've had some from Iowa. On numerous occasions, these are runaways who, again, are out at bus stops and other places. When these people pull up on them and say, "Hey, listen, I'm going to help you," 90 percent of the time, the one the young lady from is from Missouri. They offered her shelter took her to a location at the location fed clothed her, whatever again we know there's a price to pay for that you had to pay for all that so she had to do whatever it took then they brought her to new york city and from new york city she ended up in the capital region but that's the thing they come from one place to new york city is which is like the central
0: so the the traffickers were transporting these these youths across state lines Absolutely. to New York to New York city which is the hub and then they,
1: and they would put them on them. they would meet them online and put them on buses and say come meet me at such such a location and they think they're meeting a young man their age and instead they're walking into a trap
0: we, we see a lot of that um also um, with youth talking to people online and they'll think they're talking to you know somebody who's like 14 and mm-hmm. we're all reality it's somebody who's like 35 and it's a, a trafficker yeah. who's trying to they've to left they,
1: them. they've left their little one girl from iowa that's how she ended up there she she met somebody online said they were so-and-so sent her some money meet me at this location in new york city she gets down there and it's not what it was supposed to be
0: um so of the the traffickers are, are essentially pimps Um, we know there's two types of of pimps, Romeo pimps and gorilla pimps, which, which type of pimp do you think is harder to break the bond with? The
1: Romeo because of the love love factor. Yeah. Yeah. The Romeo, absolutely. The Romeo, because there's that bond, that thing that they were looking for, which is usually love and affection. And that's what they get from that individual. He, he, and sometimes she, because it's not just the girls who are trafficked, it's the boys and the boys could be trafficked either. By the use of another female or older motherly type, or a younger female around their age who says, "Hey, come, you know you can be with me, da 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 da." He's not realizing she's setting him up to be trafficked, so there's so many different scenarios that can play out, and if it wasn't for the kids in the shelter talking, a lot of information I wouldn't have had. I had a good staff who listened. I had, I kept my ears open, you know, and we would have to ask questions because if you don't, you're not, you couldn't have made me believe that Skankton, New York had kids that were being sex trafficked.
0: But definitely there were. So you said there were, there were also boys in the shelter? Yes, there were. And they were being trafficked? Yes. And there, their traffickers were women?
1: Some were women. Some were women. They were, I they call them like the bottom, I don't want to use the word that they use, but there's the another. girl. Yeah. Yeah that's how they would get the boys, is usually using the bottom girl to get come get the boy because the boy is gonna, if he sees a a girl and you know, little girls who are already out here being trafficked, they're a whole different breed. And these young men, they don't know, they're young, they're vulnerable, they don't know any different. So the little girl will talk to them, you know, come on, I got, you know, you can hang with me, we'll get some drinks, drugs, that's another huge thing. So
0: drugs is a huge part of trafficking?
1: Drugs is a very huge part of trafficking. Um, That's one of the ways that the kids are lured in is through drugs. And then they get them dependent upon the drug. And in order to get more, there's certain things that they would have to do. And if you bring, if the child comes into the shelter and they're not using the drug, of course, they're going to have withdrawal. So the first thing that's on their mind is how do I make money to get the drug? So they put themselves back in danger by going back out on the streets, either to pimp themselves, their own selves out, or at risk of being picked up by the traffickers again.
0: Or being trafficked by another trafficker.
1: By another trafficker. It could be anyone because there's so many, you know, you we don't even know. No, I don't think anybody really knows the real count. And because they're not always uh, men, they're women, sometimes you don't even know what to look for.
0: Um. So you said that you, you guys virtually pretty much had to cut off their access to, to social media, but not completely off the internet, but social media at the shelter?
1: Yes. At nighttime, we took their phones because we found that there would be People from the outside, traffickers trying to contact them on their phones to either call them or to um, text them and get them to come out. You know, come on out. You know, it's late at night because it's dark. You know, of course, if the kid wants to leave, you can leave. But.
0: And they weren't allowed on Facebook at all. No. So Facebook is used by traffickers. Yeah.
1: It was then. I'm not sure about today. I know then the Facebook Messenger is how they would contact the kids. A lot of the kids had Facebook. And that's how they kept in contact with them is through Facebook Messenger.
0: So Backpage has been shut down. It's yeah. no longer a thing. But when you worked for it.
1: was huge. There were quite a few of the young people who had been trafficked that were at Safe House who had been on Backpage. And we eventually did find that out. Be listening Again, listening to conversations, we were able to go on there and actually see some of our kids. And that was very disheartening. Um, again, reports to the police. We did everything we could to um ensure that they knew that this was was occurring, because that was at a time when I don't think a lot of people even believed sex trafficking was a thing. You're talking 2014, 15, 16. I don't think people even knew. I mean, I don't even think I knew about it until probably like 2016, 17, somewhere around that that area. But it, it's real and it was happening and it was scary. The scary part was when they would show up in vehicles, and we didn't know if they had weapons. We didn't know what they had, and you have to lock the doors, close the window blind, you know, because you're you don't you're afraid to put anybody at risk—not just the the child that they had trafficked, but your staff and the other kids in the shelter. So it was it was definitely something to 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 deal with. All right.
0: So a lot of the youth that you, you saw come through um, Safe House, um, did they meet their traffickers online?
1: A lot of them did meet them online. Some some met them in person, being at bus stops or train stations after they, or in little, those little homeless camps or whatever. They they stayed at, could have been somebody else's house.
0: And that's after they had, had left foster care yes. or home?
1: Yeah. And that's another problem. They age out of foster care and they have no place to go.
0: Mm-hmm. That is true. Um, so what do you think are some services that um, the trafficked youth need coming from the trafficking world back into normal society or even going into a, a homeless youth shelter and then trying to transition back into society?
1: It would just be the regular things, behavioral health, physical health, um, life skills. Um,
0: seeing a doctor?
1: Seeing, definitely seeing a doctor because a lot of them, may have STIs and also and they've never had any medical care so i mean their normal their normal life is not what a normal 15 or 16 year old would be going to school coming home doing chores um, your mom and dad taking you to the doctors, making sure you've been to the dentist, um, making sure you're learning how to sit at the table. They don't have that. So just the normal skills that people have to just live in society today, these kids have to be reintegrated into society because their lifestyle has been one of possibly alcohol, drugs, sex, sleeping during the daytime, getting up. And going to work at night or however it, it's working for them. And they've lost the sense of what their child what being a child is.
0: But yeah. And essentially they've lost the sense of what being normal being is normal. as a child. Mm-hmm. And so they have to learn how to be a child again. Absolutely. Um so once they're they're in the shelter, um, is it traumatic, do you think, for them? Is so behavioral health would be a Behavioral health being put in place is good for them so they have someone to talk to because it is traumatic. Do you think it's traumatic for them to learn how to be a child? It's again?
1: traumatic for them to relive what they just went through up until the time they walked in that door. And even that's, again, a traumatic experience coming into a place like a shelter with a whole bunch of kids that you don't know. Absolutely. That's, that's traumatic. But I think the behavioral health needs to be in place for the things that brought them to trafficking. The uh, maybe abuse at home, the drug abuse at home, the not having a a dad or not having a mom, or being bullied, whatever put them in that situation so that they were vulnerable to trafficking. Those are things that they need the behavioral health for.
0: So those issues still need to be addressed. Absolutely, and dealt with so
1: absolutely. Because if not, they're going to go right back to the same thing.
0: Because to them, that's their sense of normal.
1: That's their normal. That's their comfort zone.
0: So, thank you so much, Michelle, for agreeing to come on and speak with us today. I really appreciate it. You're welcome.
1: Welcome.
0: Um, so, human trafficking is definitely here. It is in our backyard. Um, and if you or someone you know um, might be at risk of trafficking or you suspect trafficking, please call the National Human Trafficking Hotline at 1 888 373 7888. Or you can call the White House and ask to speak with me. My name is Brandy Kirby, and I'm the anti-trafficking coordinator there. And the phone number is 518-603-5276. And our website is www.hycweighthouse.org. Thank you for listening.